Merry Christmas to everyone. Good to see you. Good to see everybody. Wanted to um, give you a couple updates from yesterday and make a couple announcements. So, um, Stephen, I think he had to leave. Uh, as of yesterday, our food outreach, he said, of the people that came and how they marked for their family, we would have fed over close to 500 people just off of yesterday, the food that was given. But we have a couple pictures because we also had some toys uh, to give out. So this is, I don't know when, um, I don't know who took this one and passed it on, but this is probably 8 o'clock, so we don't start serving till 9. So there's quite a bit of people that uh, come early. And the great thing with having a number, they're not in a rush to get different places, so they sit and talk. So the next picture, let's see who's next here. Oh, we got some great faces in here. But the lady that's on the left in the red is uh, a lady named Nancy. She's our neighbor right across the street from the church. She's never attended any of our services. She's not anti, you know, the Hills Church or anything. She attends another church, but she does come over. She walks the parking lot. Um, she comes on Friday of the food ministry to serve and on Saturday. And uh, she makes the best banana bread when we have the bananas. So I told her even yesterday, I said, we're all expecting banana bread on Sunday morning. No, I didn't tell it to her. But um, that's a good one. Our next photo. All right, these three should get a medal of, of, of battle honor because it's not the kids that get the toys that give them the issues. It's the adults, right, that want to rush the tables. And so uh, hats off to these guys for uh, surviving all the crazy. How many of you are a crazy adult? You're like, no. All right, guys. How many of you pointed at somebody? And then I think we have one, do we have one more picture? Okay, I love this one, uh, whoever took it, because the lady is signing in and that little boy is looking at the toy tent. You see? And I think Cindy's looking at the toy tent too, right, to figure out what adult do we need to like calm down. Is there a, I think there's one more, is there one more? That's it, that, all right, that's it. Anyways, uh, uh, a great day and we'll be back in uh, January. Great opportunity, thank you for those that are serving and pray about serving once a month, come on out. It's a great opportunity to, to be a blessing. So today, uh, if you didn't get anything on your way in, our good friend Jonathan Martinez is here. He's got hot coffee, iced coffee, hot chocolate bar, acai bowl, bakery items, and he has set up his photo booth. So please go out, get a photo, get with uh, a bunch of people in the photo. You can actually text it to yourself. So you'll get it, do that out, and then uh, throw in a tip. In fact, grab somebody's wallet next to you and throw in, no, don't do that. Throw in a tip for him so that we can be a blessing uh, that he'd come out on um, Christmas Eve to be with us. And then next Sunday, New Year's Eve, we'll be here at 10 o'clock. And remember, I believe the camping for the parade isn't until noon. I think it's, a, I think it's noon they allow you to, so our freeways and everything are good for them. All right. I have a couple of verses uh, to read for our offering today. It'll actually be a verse we read in the message. Uh, and it's Matthew chapter 2, verse 9 through 11. And it's a quick little shot of uh, what we call the wise men in the Bible. And it says this. When they heard the king, they were, uh, had talk, been talking with Herod, they departed and behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary his mother, 
and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Say it with me, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. We'll look at that in a, a bit. Uh, one of the things that we know about these magi or wise men, they could have traveled over a thousand miles. They knew when a star appeared that it was his star. They just knew it. And what's interesting, that star, it moved to where the baby Jesus was. But when they came in, they fell down and they worshipped Jesus, this little child who was the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So as we do each and every week, I'm going to put a prayer up on the screen. And would you pray it along with me? But pray it from your heart to your Father God today. Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, I remember that you created me in your image. In your generosity to me, make me generous. In your faithfulness to me, make me faithful to you. My gift that I bring to you, let it be an offering of worship before you, just like the gold, frankincense, and myrrh was before your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're giving today in service, there is an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can place it in the giving slot that's on the wall as you exit. You go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. I'd also encourage you to download today's notes. In the back of the notes, I believe it's page three and four, is the Christmas story from Matthew and from Luke with some of the prophetic verses in the Old Testament. We do this Christmas night as a family. Do it Christmas Eve. Do it, uh, maybe you're on the phone with a family member, but go ahead and download those from the website. You can read those uh, for your family. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, open with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I want to look at verses 1 through 7. Um, my kids have heard this story for over 20 years, but I always tell this story. Was there anybody here that was spanked and grounded on Christmas morning first thing besides me? Oh, we got a few. Oh, I want to talk with you after church. That's, then I'm not alone. I have a group now, right? I've got a group to go to. So I don't know. It's probably about eight. My mom can probably verify the story. And um, it was one of the, I was going to stay up until Santa came. I just remember that, right? I was eight years old and we had a fireplace in the house and I was laying by the fire. And I, and I remember the, the little glow of the fire and I probably knocked out. And then I woke up and I don't know what time it was. You know, when you're that age, you don't think of time. The sun was up, right? And I see three full stockings because I have two brothers. Three full stockings. And I don't know what through, went through my mind. I was going to dump out all three stockings and then pick the good stuff and put it in my stocking, put the junky stuff in their stocking and hang it back up and then, you know, go about my day. Well, I remember I had my back turned. And if you ever felt like somebody was like staring at you, you knew somebody was watching you, but you didn't want to turn. I turned around. There's my mom. First was a look of horror that her child would be stealing like Christmas toys from his brother. Then the face changed from to anger. And you know how some of your moms had the same, right? Their eyes can go red, even if they have brown or blue eyes. They just go, we called it the laser look. And you knew you were in trouble. And that's when I get, I got spanked and I got grounded. I was in my room Christmas morning and I could hear my brothers opening their gifts and it was a horrible feeling, but it was all my fault. Eventually, they let me out, and they fed me dog food. No, that's not true. 
that's not, that's not true at all. <laughs> that part's not true. But we all have story. But I want to read uh, this first part of this story in Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone in his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Well, Father, we pray today as we read your words and we come back to the story of the birth of Jesus that we celebrate. Lord, it's not a celebration on December 25th. It's a celebration that is a lifestyle for us. Speak to us today, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You know, I, I wrote down this uh, title about a year ago after Christmas. And somebody had a title out, and it was Bethlehem, a miraculous place. I'd never thought about that before. I knew it was prophetic, uh, but I didn't think of it as a miraculous place. You know, we just read one of the first verses. It wasn't that the angel by a dream told Joseph to take your family to Bethlehem. It was a decree had gone out. So the way that God moved Joseph to make sure that Jesus was born in Bethlehem was there was a decree that went out from Caesar Augustus. Interesting, and I think we said this last week, that you know God is controlling the affairs of the world. And sometimes we don't like what's going on. Obviously, we don't like what's going on. We wonder what's going on. But he's controlling. He controlled it to fulfill this prophecy. And it really is. It's a miraculous thing of Bethlehem. Now, if you go back into the Old Testament, there were specific Bible characters born in that area. Um, but Bethlehem, which is located just a few miles, I think it's 10 or 12 miles outside of Jerusalem, why wouldn't he be born in Jerusalem? Well, that's the city he's going to return to. But it was Bethlehem. It was prophesied Bethlehem. And back in Bible days, they estimate two or 3,000 people lived in Bethlehem at that time. Um, now, here's what's very interesting. The word Bethlehem, and maybe you've heard this before, but the word Bethlehem means a house of bread. A house of bread. Well, it was known for the grain fields. So it was known for the grain that you would use for bread. It was also known for where the shepherds would bring the, lamb, the, the sheep to have the lambs, right? The baby lambs. So a house of, of bread which is important when we think about that because Jesus will be referred to as the bread of life, right? The bread of life. Interesting that that place uh, would be called that. But God chose this small, quiet, out-of-the-way city 
But Jesus' birth in that city changes not only history, it fulfills prophecy, changes history, and it really does change eternity because he was born in that specific place. Many of the people, if you had a, a big home, it was only one or two bedrooms. That was considered a big home. And you either had a nighttime shelter for the animals, your livestock, under where you lived, or you utilized the caves that were supposedly all in those hills of that time, but referred to as the house of bread. So the house of bread is where the bread of life is born. You know, I think about that when we receive communion and Jesus takes the bread and he breaks it to signify his broken body. So we know that Joseph and Mary are summoned, so they didn't choose to move there, but God was guiding and moving them to the right specific place, which brings us into the next characters of the Bible story, which we read uh, the wise men, and we find that in Matthew chapter 2. And if you read and you look at it, they were also called the Magi. And before I read this, uh, what's important to go back is go back and read the book of Daniel. Because what we suppose from the scriptures, and there's several scriptures, is that Daniel taught those that studied the stars and the planets somehow about there would be a star one day that would be different than what you observe and see. In fact, the, the wise men will refer to that star as his star. So think about Daniel. Daniel was taken out of Israel. They changed his name. He's in Babylon. They changed his name, his identity. He's the one thrown, remember, thrown in the lion's den? He's the one that would set himself to pray. And yet God would put him in a place that's not his own country to teach others that will one day make a trek to come and worship the king of kings. So he uses Daniel. So I always remember this, you know, God is using all of us in whatever place we are I may not like it that they changed my name. I may not like it where I live. I may not like it what place I work right now. But I always have to come back and I say, you know what, God? You have a plan for my life, just like we're reading in the scriptures. And this plan was probably passed down for over a thousand or longer years. There will be a star. They probably were tired of hearing it. One day there'll be a star. One day there'll be a star. Well, one day there was. And we read in Matthew chapter 2, it says this. Now, after Jesus was born, here's what's important in the story. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all of the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Now, if you remember with me, the chief priests, the ones that were responsible for the law, teaching the law, people observing the commandments, the scribes that would translate. In fact, there was a ceremonial. When they would write out the word of God, they would first bathe themselves completely clean. Whenever they would write Jehovah, 
they would completely bathe themselves in right Jehovah. So when we read that the scribes and Pharisees weren't aware, these are the ones of the people of the day that should have known. They should have been aware. There was prophetic words, but they were not aware. And it says this. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me so that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. You know, there's a couple verses in the Bible that I wanted to read, and one of them we read in the book of Numbers. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then there's Deuteronomy. So the fourth book of the Bible, right, written by Moses, back in some of the areas of the law, we read this in Numbers 24, 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and batter the brow of Moab and destroy all the sons of Tumult. A star shall come out of Jacob. Well, we read, there's several ones in the notes, but I wanted to read one more. We read this in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6. The multitude of camels shall cover your land. The dromedaries of Midland and Ephath, all from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of our Lord. You know, Isaiah, when God gave Isaiah prophecies, you know, it's about a a child would be born from a virgin, he's going to have a name, Emmanuel, and there's going to be a bunch of camels, and they're going to bring, I mean, that's crazy stuff, right? That's like, I think you need to take a weekend off and get some rest, right? I love the little boy that left um, Sunday school, and his parents said, so what did you learn today in church? Oh, he said, We learned about the wise men that brought three gifts to Jesus. And do you know what the gifts are? His parents said, well, tell us. Okay, well, they brought brought to him goats, Frankenstein, and Smurfs. (laughs) Well, he was partly listening. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's interesting, whenever his star appeared, isn't it interesting that nobody else said, oh, yeah, we've been seeing this star, and we kind of wonder what it was kind of was bright but we, we wondered his star they knew that it was his star well when they come into a notice it says a house so what we know is jesus was born 
Whenever he was probably born, a star appeared, and the moment that star appeared, this group of wise men or magi, which some Bible scholars think could have been as large as 50 people in this caravan, you had to have some to protect you, you had gifts, you traveled, that they traveled for a very long distance. And if you read the story later on, you'll find out that when the wise men don't go back to Herod, Herod sends and has all of the young male boys age two and under killed. So then we know Jesus is older. So we know that, again, we always put, how many of you have the wise men in your manger scene at your house? Shame on you. No, don't do shame on you. Right? We, all, right, we all do. Um, but we know the wise men come. But here's what they did. When that star was seen, they were on the move. God wanted them there in Bethlehem. He wanted them there in Bethlehem. He uses this miraculous star to direct them. But what drove them to go that far of a distance with gifts and risk their life? They wanted to come and worship the king and present him gifts. So they give him three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Maybe you've heard this before, but it's always good to refresh ourselves. Gold was what they gave a gift to the king. They would give him gold. Frankincense was the incense that they would burn in the temple. And it was burned unto worship unto the Lord. And then we know what myrrh was, which was the weirdest gift to give him. It was the embalming ointment that you would embalm the dead with. Maybe that would work at a white elephant gift party, right? But you, why would you bring that? So here's what they must have known. And again, we would look at it and think this had to have been passed down somehow from, from Daniel, who understood the signs of the times or things to come. Gold for a king. Frankincense would be interesting because it was for the temple of worship to the Lord. They must have known that who they were going to worship, that his death would be significant, that they would bring a gift of myrrh. They didn't know that in a dream that Joseph would be told to take the mother and the child and flee to Egypt. And yet all of a sudden somebody brought a gift to him to probably give them provision so that they could get up whenever it was in the middle of the night, get to Egypt, and then eventually after some period of time in a few years, head back and enter into Nazareth. That all of this would have been orchestrated by the Lord. You know, I think about these wise men. Nothing got in their way or diverted their attention. Not a troubled king or a troubled city of Jerusalem would get in their way from worshiping the king of kings. Nothing would distract them. So the star that moved, they followed, and they wanted to fall down and worship and give him these treasures. But I thought this was interesting in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. I want to look at this verse last. Micah 5, 2. We read this typically around Christmas time as well, too, a prophetic word about Bethlehem, this miraculous place. But you, Bethlehem Ephrath, Though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old and from ever everlasting. 
There's actually, we know, a few things taking place in there. We have this miraculous city, Bethlehem again, but we have that mention of, of Judah in there, in that area, the tribe, the tribe of Judah. Jesus, who would be referred to as the bread of life, but we sang about another uh, term that is used of him that um, John the Baptist said when he saw him. He says, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of of the world. Well, we thought about Bethlehem, and Bethlehem was the house of bread, but it was also a place where shepherds would bring the sheep to have the baby lambs, and that Jesus would be in that area to be the lamb, the sacrifice that would take away the sins of the world. Jesus, the one that we read in Revelation chapter 3:20, he stands knocking at the door of the hearts. And if anybody opens the door, Jesus wants to dine with you. You know, you don't go eat with somebody you don't like. Michelle, what are we doing Wednesday night? Oh, we're free. Oh, you, know, you remember so-and-so? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's go eat with them. No, you don't do that, do you? Jesus wants to dine with everyone. He wants to have that opportunity to come in. But what's interesting about Jesus as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world as the one that wants to dine with you, is we read about that he comes through that tribe of, of Judah. Jesus also is referred to in Revelation as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And that lion is going to come back, and that lion is going to judge those that are lost. You know, uh, it's interesting, I, I'll watch sometimes on YouTube. You ever watch these guys that like, they like raise lions? and they go among them, and they play with them. Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't you just love, like, wouldn't you love to do that? Except the problem is, when I see lions behind the cage, usually I think what they're looking at is they're looking at a really good meal. Right? They're like, like, yeah, yeah, come on in, right? Come on in. Well, when you see a lamb, you're not worried about a little lamb. You're not worried to go in and see a lamb. And that was the humility of Jesus, that he would come in and humble himself be born in a place that nobody would want to be born in, which I think is interesting when um, William and Kate, the, I, their titles change. When their firstborn was born, he was born in a hospital in England called St. Mary's. But every leader around the world recognized that little child that was born. But interesting that Mary has one, and, and nobody knows unless God announces to shepherds and unless a star appears for wise men to go, Jesus humbled, completely humbled himself even to the place where he was born to be that lamb, that spotless lamb. But he is coming back, and he's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. Bethlehem, this miraculous place. This place we read about in the Bible, we hear about it in the news. This place that became something that God orchestrated, a miracle for his son to be born for us. Bow your heads, if you would, with me this morning. Father, when we look at this, you wanted Joseph and Mary, and you directed them to Bethlehem. You directed the shepherds to that manger. You directed the wise men. 
And so, Father, we come back to remember that in our life, you are the ones directing and ordering our steps. And we submit our lives to you. You are directing and ordering our steps. Many times we need to humble ourselves and come back to you and recognize and honor that before you. But Father, we thank you that as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, we also remember that you are prophetically putting pieces in place and you're always doing like what we see Jesus doing. He's always knocking on doors of hearts. Father, I thank you that you're knocking on my heart and I'm going to let you in. But I need to listen to you. I need your direction. I need your life, your words. But Father, we pray uh, for those specifically that need to receive Jesus as Lord or come back to Jesus as Lord. And so if you're here today or maybe you're even listening uh, later as our podcast is posted and you've never made Jesus, accepted Jesus as your Savior, or this is an opportunity this Christmas season to come back to Him. Because He is knocking. If you just take a minute and listen, and He wants to come in and dine with you. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me out loud, but if this is you today saying it, would you say it, but believe it in your heart as you say it aloud. Let's all pray this together. Ready? Lord Jesus, Forgive me for my sins. I open the door of my heart and I choose to make you the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In your name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, please see us at the end of service. Uh, We'd love, love, love to pray with you. Would you remember, though, that Jesus comes as the lamb. He also comes as that bread of life. He is that life. His words are life to us, but he will return one day uh, as the judge. In fact, he said God told him that he would judge people. John 5.22, I believe. Well, stand with me. We're going to close with this song. I feel like a man with a big belly and a red suit should be coming up here. That's rude. You don't have a big white beard or white hair, so that's not you. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Oh, we love you, church. I want to remind you of this. I saw this this week on socials, and listening to the message, I was reminded. The Magi were not believers. But somehow or another... Through the ages, through Daniel, and down through the ages, the Magi continued to hear the story about that star and came to worship and come to the knowledge of the Savior. I don't know what your family dynamics are, what your family looks like, the makeup, who's believers, who's not, who's serving the Lord, who's serving some other God. But if God in heaven can manage from the Old Testament to begin the story, to tell the Magi, to bring them to salvation, 
to recognize the Savior, I am confident that the God of heaven and earth, who is controlling all things, has a way of putting people in the path of your family members to come to the knowledge of salvation and meet the Savior. So whoever is coming to spend Christmas with you this holiday season, tonight and tomorrow, I am praying and believing that the God of creation will show up in ways that you could not have put together and that your family will come to know him. If not in the next day or two, 2024 will be a year of change, mm -hmm. things shifting in your families to ready themselves for the King of Kings who will return. In Jesus' name, Merry Christmas. So remember, stay after hot coffee bar, hang out with your church family, acai bowl, don't trample anybody as you leave. If you don't get an acai, make sure you get a photo at the photo booth. We'd love to take a picture with you as well too. But if you need prayer, please allow us that opportunity to pray with you. The Lord bless you. Merry Christmas. Yeah.